0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to this week's episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I'm Frank, and I'm here with my co-host AJ. How you doing?
1: Hey, buddy.
0: It's good to be back. Um, I feel like it's been a little while, but it probably really hasn't. Not yeah, <laughs> just we're, been... yeah. It's just been a, a busy couple of weeks. I mean, we've had lots of friends in town. We've got you know all this, all sorts of things going on. You were traveling. We're all over the place. So. Um, Uh, But we wanted to get an episode in here uh, before some really upcoming, exciting things in uh, April. Yes. Um, First of which is Shazam, which comes out next uh, weekend on the 5th, I believe.
1: The hype is at a fever pitch.
0: Yeah. um, I'm really excited for Shazam. I I think uh, I was just texting our group of friends. We're trying to figure out when we're going to go see it. And it's like, yeah, it's basically big... Meets like Aladdin meets like superheroes, and Zach Levi just looks like he's having a blast. So I'm, I think the buzz around it is is positive. It's going to be a good ride. It's a, it's a good sign for DC.
1: Yeah, it's it's another you know good step in the di- right direction, and I can't wait to cover that topic.
0: Um, so that that'll be great. Um, then later in uh in April we'll have Star Wars celebration, and like I just the anticipation on that is going to be. Holy so crap. big, I think. I think they're gonna tell us a lot of things. I was talking to Megan last night. I was like, "Well, you know, we're we're deep in the MCU right now, but come, you know, the fall, the they're gonna launch Disney Plus, which means they're gonna have the 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 Mandalorian, the new Clone Wars TV show, and we're gonna be amping up for Episode Nine. So like, we've been in a bit of a lull with Star Wars news, and I think they purposefully slowed things down, but that's gonna be exciting. So. Um, but otherwise, like that's more of a news cycle thing. We we have a lot of things coming up in April that we want to actually talk about. So uh, we'll get our Game of Thrones t- topic in- later in the episode, but um, we wanted to start off on um, some of the recent MCU news. Um, sure. So obviously, Endgame is less than a month away. Um, I've started my rewatch of some of the the movies. I uh, I'm not going to watch them all. It's too many. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's just, it's just too damn many, man. It's all so many movies anymore. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I watched them all last year before Endgame. It was useful, but also like I'm, you know, I'm ready to go. I know what I'm, I'm, I know what everything is happening. I want to watch the new one. I'm ready to see this crazy new adventure. Yeah. Holy crap! Uh, the trailer that came out is absolutely fire. Uh, I really would have preferred to not have seen uh, Tony Stark in the suit. I thought it would be a cool conceit that yeah. we didn't know if he made it back from the trip or not. Um, but there's a lot of really great rumors and discussion about, uh, you know, what kind of Tony Stark is in that suit at this time. So that's mm-hmm. also fun to discuss.
0: Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think there's, you know, specula- speculation on, is, are they fooling us again? You know, are they putting footage in the trailer that, you know, may not be real? And, you know, while I, I, I think we all expect that he'll probably make it back to Earth, you know is he actually in that scene who knows
1: so yeah it's it's crazy
0: yeah and then they they released the posters um the avenge the fallen posters i guess you could call them where they had sure. the 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 ones that are alive and the ones that are dead um which kind of i was surprised that they actually did that because there are some characters that they kind of originally said, Oh, that it would be a spoiler to know whether they survived or not, and then they're just like, Yeah, sure he's dead. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. come on Well um you know there the thing is is these movies have to the kind of marketing that goes into these movies is a little crazy anymore. And I think that they uh they did a good they really tried to do so much more guarding about what was the end of Infinity War because I think that that's really the biggest the bigger spoiler. Whereas mm-hmm. like these move like this movie like it has to it's gonna have to introduce a lot of new things too, so it's easier for them to be like oh here are the guys that are dead here are the guys that are gone here's the slate and then here's a whole bunch of new stuff you have no idea that's coming at you, um, because according to Feige we've only seen stuff from about the first 10, fifteen to twenty minutes of this film.
0: I totally believe that. And this film is over three hours, so it's really exciting, actually.
1: Yeah, that is a little crazy. So, like, let's all talk about that for, (laughs) uh, you know, a few few minutes here. Okay, this movie is going to be three hours in length, which not very many movies have, like, done, you know, successfully very well. Yeah. I think there are a few that, like, that have, you know, a decent intermission here or there that are, you know, know, just old movies in the way that old runtimes used to be. But audiences are different now. And I think that to kind of have essentially three episodes of television, kind of back mm. to back to back, people want to go to the bathroom. Yeah. People want to have a snack. And I think that it's a little bit crazy. So my hope is that, you know, they'll, uh, the three hours and two minutes is the entire runtime of the movie with credits. And maybe like the yeah. last, like, it's, you know, Really, like, two hours and, like, 40 minutes or something. Because if, re- if, it's, if it's three hours and, like, 20 minutes with credits, that's going to be really fucking crazy. I don't know oh, if I'm yeah. making it all the way to the end.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, I think we can look to movies like The Lord of the Rings. Um, you know, that's those were all right around the three-hour mark. Um and and so you know it, it's been done in recent memory. Uh, obviously, like we had, the, <laughs> I think the Return of the King has what like three endings, four endings. So like that was probably you know something they they won't do. I mean the other thing is like I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't get any post credit scenes for this. Like I could see it being like this is it. It's done.
1: No, I, I disagree with you. I think that they'll really? be. I think that they will do a. I think that they'll do what they've been doing. You do something real in the mid credits, and then you do something jokey in the post credits. Because now it's predictable. Yeah. So, you know, if I think that's what we're gonna get, and uh, I think that's what it will be. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I'm, I don't know. I'm not really ugh, the 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 runtime is long. That's gonna it's it's exciting, but it's very long. Yeah. 182 minutes, man.
0: It's it's gonna be glorious. I mean, it's there's a lot of content and I, I'm glad that they're not, um, they're not like, it's not that they, they want to get everything in there. Basically, you know, this is the culmination of, you know,
1: this is also when like movies. they go back and they're probably shooting the post credit scenes right now. This is usually when their post credit scenes are done.
0: Yeah. Like a the week. score is done. They, Scor- yeah. score is done. So that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean the, we'll, we'll probably do maybe a little bit more of a deep dive as we get closer to end game. But, um, yeah, it's exciting. Um, uh, the the other thing is like we're we're starting to think what's beyond Phase Three or the, what is now known as the Infinity Saga, which is pretty cool. Um, and with that, we have um, the official Fox Disney deal is done. They it, it is I guess been over a week, two weeks maybe. It, yeah. It's been. So that's awesome. Um, you know we. Will they incorporate those characters in the next year? Probably not. Two years, I, I, I would imagine. Um, but, you know, I, I fully expect that the ShakeOut from Endgame will plant the seeds for um, for the mutants and, you know, Fantastic Four to, to make their way in. Um, it, it's kind of appropriate, the timing of it, you know, that they're they're wrapping up their big MCU uh, phase one through three, and, and they can move on to these other characters.
1: Yeah, I think it's really very awesome. I also think it's very cool that uh, Kinberg, he was on the red carpet for, I think, Shazam or something, and somebody came over to him and was asking him about all like the other movies that were at Fox and like what's mm-hmm. going to be going on with them. Uh, it looks like, you know, uh, all the... like that. So Dark Phoenix is going to come out. New Mutants is probably not going to come out, unless, unless it does, if it'll come out on the Disney Plus streaming service.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and then, like, all the things that they were doing, like, talking about Gambit with Channing Tatum and, you know, continuing on X-Force, like, these things are all still available. So I think one of the things that could totally happen is Deadpool could show up in the post-credit scene. Um, <laughs> and I think that that would be really fucking yeah. hilarious. I uh, think it would be
0: great. They Because ha- that character can break the fourth wall, and, you know, he's done it before. Like, which Professor X is this? And, you know it it'll work they'll make it work because that's what that character is and yeah. any other won't work so bring him in keep him going you know everybody loves Ryan Reynolds
1: they already and they also that you know they sold you know Stark Tower so everyone's pointing to that for the beat of the new Baxter building which i think would be very easy and cool yeah i'm excited for them to integrate all these new characters and new people it also looks like they're casting the movie the Eternals right now right uh which um could be really cool it And uh, we'll see uh, how many more of these new movies we get this summer at Comic-Con. I think that they're going to do another big slate announcement. I think that it kind of helps them to do this. It also hurts them in a way. So I just don't think that they're going to go as far out as they did uh, in at the 2014 uh, thing where they did pretty much all of Phase 3. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I think they'll probably do. It'll be similar to like when they came out after uh, the Avengers, where they announced like the next you know next five place. six movies. Yeah. That are going to come out, and this is like setting the groundwork for something new and different. So that sounds very exciting. I think that they have a lot of really great material to draw from. I think there's also going to be a lot of the Avengers that are not necessarily going to die, but that are going to be sticking around in different ways to do different projects associated with these movies down the line and they'll figure out ways to incorporate them into the new timeline. So, yeah. whatever happens happens.
0: Yeah, I'm sure at Comic-Con we'll get uh, you know, Black Panther 2, Doctor Strange 2, Black Widow, we'll get dates for all these things. Um, maybe Guardians, but you know, they may I wouldn't be surprised if they at least tease like, "Okay, and in 2021 we're going to have" this thing that's from the Fox lineup. Like maybe they'll tease us with that. Maybe they maybe won't. you maybe. know, the, it, I don't think they're going to be like, okay, and we're going to have this whole slate of X-Men and fantastic four. I think, no, gonna I think really
1: they're going to have to, they're going go to have yeah, they have to really count on people's like, uh, ideas, rebooting of the X-Men. I think that something that they've, you know, I know that they didn't necessarily give a shit about Spider-Man. They just were like, fuck it. Here's a new one. But yeah. at the same time, if, I think they're going to have to wait a little bit for the X-Men because I think to everybody, Professor X is either Patrick Stewart or James McAvoy. Sure. And it doesn't really matter who we get. They're all going to be put up against these two insane, incredible actors.
0: You know what they could do, though? Like I like your idea of the post credit scene, but I don't, that might detract from Endgame. I think they could have Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool like come out at Comic-Con and say, okay, Deadpool 3 is happening. That yeah, might be the way they do it.
1: That's cool. That would be fine. That would yeah. be great. We're awesome. All, um, yeah. So I think one of the other things that's you know in the same studio that we can talk about, we talk so much about Disney anymore because now they just own all the thingies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is uh, there was a leaked Star Wars poster this week? Did you see this? Do you think it's I real?
0: I don't. You don't I, think that's it's real? Just, I, that's just my thought. I, you know, if it was a leaked Star Wars poster um that was real i don't think there would just it would just say star wars i think there would be a title on it i think um they would i mean it it doesn't look polished it looks a little thrown together like there there's weird stuff on there i mean there yes there are some characters that we've seen and then there's new characters that like could be real but like why does c3po have a the bowcaster like when Chewie's is like right above him that doesn't make sense like is Leia in the poster, like Lando, like it it just, and and I also think that Kylo Ren won't have his mask, you know, that that, there's just like enough things in here that are questionable to me that makes it doesn't seem like it's real. What do you think?
1: I think that it looks like a piece from the marketing department that would have gotten leaked. Like that's going to go on like a popcorn thing or some, or or, or something like it just looks so uh, to me, this looks like it could be real. Um, because it looks like the way that Disney makes their posters nowadays, and it looks sure. like the same designer who designs, you know, Infinity War and you know some of the posters for Last Jedi and whatever, like probably made this poster too. And like I think that the aliens look really fucking questionable, and I don't like the clothing, and
0: mm-hmm. I, ge-
1: I genuinely hate it. Uh, like I'm like I don't want to go. Wow. <laughs> <Right. laughs> no. like, like, maybe I think-
0: that's why it could just be like a concept art thing maybe it was yeah. maybe it's not like an official poster but it's like oh this is uh, you know maybe the direction we're going maybe and this is like
1: a poster maybe this is like a poster or something like we don't know what we don't know what this is or what it would have been but like how are you getting these new designs of the characters
0: yeah i don't know i mean i just think that it, the way that disney puts out these posters now they it's tell so a story big, yeah. they tell they it gives you a hint of what, what's happening this doesn't show anything I mean, yeah, the Knights of Ren are in there, that's kind of cool and there's been speculation that maybe they'll be in this movie, but that's like the only thing. I, I don't know. I, I I don't buy it. That's I, I I'll put my money down and if I'm wrong, you know, I'll I'll buy a hamburger or something. Ooh,
1: I <laughs> I, I, I love I love a hamburger. I'll bring my own cheese.
0: I was gonna stay, say a steak, but you know what? I'm I'm gonna take it back and go okay. for hamburgers. Okay,
1: that's fine. Hamburger's fine okay Um, uh did you see the stranger things trailer
0: i did i did what did Um, you think
1: of this uh, yeah i know i fucking loved it dude
0: it's it looks great i think having it in the summer is really gonna be cool um you know at least the you know the the movie uh, i mean the show itself coming out in the summer and um the, the content in, like you're they're, they're in the summertime it's really funny to see them in these like 80s shorts and stuff <laughs> like, oh my god they're really nailing that aesthetic the um,
1: amount of money that they put into this season it just it looks so epic and big and yeah. and real and um oh my god it's so good it's so yeah. good so yeah i'm down i love these characters man i love the i love the storyline so far i didn't love season two as much as i loved season one only because I don't think you can ever really go home again, (laughs) you know, but it's still, it's still a great show and I'm so excited to see what they do next. And I hope that it kind of, you know, ties this in. I love Hopper. I love everybody. I, I
0: I like that they take their time too, and that they're not, I mean, obviously most streaming service shows um, aren't beholden to like a true network TV schedule, but you know, they have the opportunity to be like, well, we need 18 months. Like, we need that mo- amount of time. And, you know, they're they're willing to, to put the time and the effort and the money into it to make it their vision and they're not rushed. And so, I mean, the, the, I'm excited about it, but I also hate that it's coming out over Fourth of July weekend because we're probably not going to watch it right away, which is kind of a bummer. If it was like... Some other random weekend, you know, in July, that nothing is going on, then we can watch. But it's like everyone's gonna be busy, and
1: yeah. But like, what do we? I mean, but what do we do every Fourth of July? I mean, you know, we go watch the fireworks and like hang out. So, if yeah. we have like a cool Fourth of July like party here or or someplace, like fucking, hey man, it, it rains on Fourth of July every other year anyway. So that's
0: we'll see. true. Yeah, you come in at, as soon as all the fireworks are over at nine o'clock. You start watching. You watch. For three episodes or whatever and
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it looks great. Um I think the monster looks fucking terrifying, but <laughs> they always do and they're doing a a, a cool job like and there's all this analysis of like oh what like D&D monster is this this one. I don't know anything about D&D, but I think it's cool that they're still leaning into that. Um and yeah, some new characters and and um some returning faces that you know seem to have more of an expanded role um, well it's cool it's cool like one of
1: the things about stranger things is it's very lovecraftian and mm-hmm. that it, the real fear and and horror comes from like the unknown what you don't know what is the upside down what the fuck <laughs> like yeah. how does this all work like and that is something that you know they they really get to do and get to use very well so i'm excited to see uh where they take this season i love I, I don't know i love this show i i think it really is a perfect encapsulation of how to how to use the nostalgia in a good and righteous way these guys are are jedi you know they are using the the powers of the force to do good things you know they're not using yep. it for like for you know, just to take a, a cash grab, or just to do this, or or just to make something to be something, like, these things they are, kind of stand on their own, and I think as after we get this season, it'll really kind of make it a, a very legendary and, you know, a relatively important show in the beginning of streaming, you know, that there were so many shows that were able to encapsulate an entire country, you know, mm-hmm. that weren't shown on the television in a traditional way.
0: Yeah, and I, I remember when the first season came out, and it was kind of like a slow burn as, you know, pop culture kind of really like, took a hold of it. And like, by the time we got around to it, it had been out for a little while. It's like, this thing is awesome. And you're right. A few shows have um, the ability to get past that that first hump. And so we'll see. You know, if if season two slipped a little bit because they kind of tried to expand the world, um, hopefully they, they, they find their footing and season three hits it out of the park because... I, I would hate for it to to, to go down in a, a bad way. Um, I also hope that they they keep this thing contained and that they don't go forever, you know? Um, that, you know, maybe there's four, maybe five seasons, but that they know that what they have is a good thing and they don't try to overstay their welcome, you know?
1: I don't think they'll do that. I think that they understand that this is for now, you know? It's for this age in television and that, mm-hmm. you know... To go any further beyond it, you know, they're just going to get themselves into more trouble. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> So, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm down with all those uh, fantastic topics so far. Uh, and now, you know, probably uh, some little bit of meat and potatoes over here. Game and Motherfucking Thrones, my friends. Oh, my God. It is returning. <sighs> I have the bottle of Game of Thrones Winnie on my bar in the apartment waiting for the first episode to have a little drinky drinky and uh it's going to be fantastic i the marketing I've, st- I've just started to see it in the city um yep it's really starting to come together frank how are you feeling now oh um i'm ready <laughs> yeah i'm
0: so ready it's I, it's it's hard because i don't want it to end i kind of wish that they took their time um like a few years ago and like instead of having a shortened season seven and a shortened season eight that they like actually it out um but you know what became clear was some of the plot points that that they were going to expand to back in like season five six they didn't work for tv or you know the the audiences didn't latch onto it so they 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 cut the fat and they said okay let's stream like streamline this and go for the goal and you know i think they'll have a a really fine product at the end and you know we'll see what happens the differences between the show and the books in you know 20 years when he finishes them um but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know i'm glad that he's letting the show kind of finish um so we started our, our rewatch back in january uh with season three because we'd watched one and two recently um but we are at the end of season seven like we, we basically have one a week until um until the they come the new season starts so like we're ready <laughs> and like it's it's good and i'm you know i, I could see wanting to revisit the final season once it's over just because there's so much happening because you know re-watching season seven that you know we we covered on this podcast like two years ago yeah so like we did the analysis and everything but there's still so much else going on that it's like really nice to to flesh out and refresh my memory on um you know i i recommend if you haven't started yet at least watch the last season yeah like, i have to go back and watch it yeah you've got like two weeks you can do it it's, i can do it like, i've got time i'm gonna be traveling um and you know it's it's great there are all these theories out there but I, you know and I I don't know what's going to be real but um it, it it it's a huge show and it's I speaking of runtimes you know I think each episode all of them are an hour but there's like four of them that are like an hour 20 <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> I mean at least it, you're in the comfort of your own home if you got to pause it you can <laughs> but
1: <laughs> yeah but like do you know how many like people are going to like break their TVs you know like they cuz they're, cause they're <laughs> throwing things cuz it's so fucking long and like you're going to pause and you're going to be like there's still 20 minutes left the fuck you know well, yeah. oh th- my then god there's things like
0: the thi- <sighs> what really pisses me off actually about re rewatching it we just watched the one where um where it's like the the loot train battle or whatever they called it um and it ends with with Jamie and Braun going into the water and it, it's just like are they going to live like it that that was bullshit like they the fact that they wait every week like there's that like cliffhangery thing that like it seems like it's so unnecessary upon a second watch it's like why why even bother that that's one thing that like because they have a week in between they can do it Whereas, like, if it was a streaming show like Stranger Things, like, maybe they would have, like, some sort of cliffhanger. But, like, come on. It, just to keep you watching. But it just seems like we know he's not going to die. Why why even bother doing that? Um,
1: yeah, but that's the show.
0: It's the show. And, like, that's what they're going to do again. There's going to be so many misdirects and and, and things that we're going to speculate over over the six-week period that who knows, man. Like, all right. So – I guess what I want to get into is yeah. Tell me
1: what. Let's do it, man. This is the time. So this is the fucking place.
0: We're <laughs> <laughs> we're getting close to the end. I haven't really we haven't finished the last episode yet. But we all know that okay. Um, there's the 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 last battle between the White Walkers and our Magnificent Seven. You know, they they're in a, yeah. past the wall. Then the wall comes down. The five, one of the dragons is killed and gets resurrected as an ice dragon, or whatever you want to call it. And uh, John and Daenerys and Tyrion, they're on a boat. I guess they're going back to Winterfell, right? Mm-hmm. And they like have a little sexy time. So I think the general consensus, and we can kind of gather this from the trailers, is that this, the season is basically going to start with them returning to Winterfell. Um, we're going to get some reunions, which is going to be cool because we'll have John and Arya, um, John and Bran, right, I don't think has happened yet. And then um, I think John and Sam and then, you know, in- new introductions or whatever. So it, it seems like to me that within probably by the end of the first episode, the White Walkers and the Army of the Dead will be like approaching Winterfell. Right?
1: yeah that's probably true
0: so like there's gonna be some personal drama throughout the first episode. Maybe we find like John finds out about his lineage that's that seems like it would happen pretty quickly
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then you know the the battles are gonna have to begin and I, I could see by episode two that it's it's gonna be pretty scary so like who do you think is gonna make it out of the season alive? Maybe maybe should we go down a list of names or like (laughs) like okay of the the Stark family yeah let's start there you got we'll put Jon Snow in the Starks because you know basically is yeah will Jon Snow survive the season no I agree it sucks but I agree (laughs) ding ding
1: ding 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 no (laughs) yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like, this show has always done this to us. Like, it, it twists a knife. It, uh, He's the, the hero, but, you know, it's going to subvert our expectations, and it's going to be a bittersweet, right?
1: Yeah, it's going to be sad, and we're going to deal with it, and we're going to move on. But, you know, the, the hero of the, our story, unfortunately, uh, I think he has to, um, unfortunately, he has to die.
0: Yeah. Um, Sansa.
1: Yes, I think Sansa will live.
0: I agree. I think she's played the game long enough. And, she know, knows she's...
1: how to play. She knows how to continue on. She could almost be like the new Cersei in a nicer way. Yes.
0: Um, Arya. Uh,
1: I want to say yes. She's my favorite.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking maybe she won't make it. She's had so many close calls, but um, it, it's kind of hard to say Like what really... like. Who's left on her list? Like, what does she have to do? Like, you know, there she wants to kill Cersei. So many people want to kill Cersei. So, like, will she get that satisfaction? I don't know. Um, but you know, I I hope she doesn't. If she does die, I hope it's not in just like in battle or something. I think there there's gotta be more to it than that. Um, Brand.
1: Yeah. Uh, if you no. had thoughts
0: on Arya, go ahead.
1: No, 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 nothing beyond that. I think I think Brand will probably die.
0: That's a good idea. He's
1: an easy one.
0: He like it sucks. Like he's not even a character anymore. Like, yeah. which upon rewatching season seven, you really start to get. And you know, like he, we just got to the point where Mira was, I guess, leaving and going back to her family, and she's like, "Yeah, you died in that cave," which is kind of true. Like. Bran and Hodor and Summer they, they didn't make it out and now that's he's the three eyed Raven and he's kind of a monotone jackass and like yep. He's not likable. But he's just kind of like I think he's gonna be important and I think as the the uh three eyed Raven there's gonna be more to his story than just like telling John about his lineage. I think there's gonna be some other time travel twistiness, but yeah. I, I could see that he I, he wouldn't make it out either.
1: Yeah, he's he's gonna die. Uh, okay, um, I do you think that uh, our mother of dragons, um, you know, breaker of chains, uh, the unburnt,
0: the unbroken, Khaleesi, uh,
1: Khaleesi of the great North Sea, is she gonna <laughs> if the Land Sea or whatever the fuck is she gonna live? Is she gonna make it? I think she has to kind of make it. I think. As much as it would be easy to say she's going to die, I think she has to make it.
0: I go back and forth on this one a lot. Like, I don't want something stupid like, oh, she, you know, actually was pregnant and dies in childbirth, because that's, that's lame. That's that's a terrible way to end her story. But I could see that there would be a child of ice and fire,
1: uh-huh.
0: and that, you know, maybe... she. The, she survives that but you know still dies in battle or something but that's like a lot of time that needs to pla- pass over the course of a season you know uh-huh. i don't I, I don't know if she's gonna unless like that boat ride actually takes a long time i <laughs> i don't see that happening um or, or something along the lines of like maybe we had a time jump maybe they they succeed the army of the dead against the army of the dead and that like towards the end of the season the game of thrones comes back into play and you know maybe she loses the throne or something um maybe but yeah it maybe I, I i do want her to to win i i just yeah it, it's hard to i i know i feel like but either daenerys or jon are going to die or both of them could um i i just don't think we're going to be happy
1: <laughs> we're never going to be happy dude like the internet will never be happy with whatever happens to the end of the game of thrones i don't think yeah. we're prepared I think we even talked about that on the podcast last time that this is gonna end on such a downer that people like because the way that the last one ended on such a high note and it was so awesome and so nice and so fun and exciting, yeah, that when this ends it's gonna like piss people off. People are gonna be upset. I think.
0: Yeah. Will okay, what okay, if we're talking big players, like will the Night King be defeated and the army of the dead actually go away and the need for the wall go away or are they going to broker some deal that it's just going to extend the inevitable like is it is this like one thing that just will always be like that they think you know I think that one of the maesters the White Walkers have existed the walls have existed for thousands of years like is this just part of a cycle that will go on forever or is it like will they actually win
1: I think that they're going to win. I think that they're going to, like, succeed in their, you know, winning, and they're going to fucking, you know, have... It's going to be a new, terrible, scary, you know, universe. I don't know. I'm, I have, like, fucked up thoughts about Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's, like, whatever you could possibly imagine, it's going to be just 18 times worse than that, plus a little bit of more, because this show has... the This show was the original Last Jedi in... Subverting your expectations of how a show could go and how yeah. the main characters in a show could be followed and played with and explored, and then how the repercussions of their dramatic and often very violent deaths you yeah. know really it just it plays out so well it creates such visceral drama that you experience because you watch as the characters watch their family and close friends and Uh, and soulmates and lovers just get fucked up and die and they're enemies. Remember the fucking uh, uh, the fucking Sand Snake when he got his fucking eyes burst out of his head by fucking Clegane? Like, that was fucking crazy, dude. That was heartbreaking.
0: Yeah, you you think that it's going to go one
1: way. (laughs) Holy shit! Uh, Um... When Joffrey died, when they killed Sean Bean the first time, when they, you know, this show is full of surprises and I don't think that we got it this far and that these guys are now going to go off and do Star Wars without them really returning to what made this show important and uh, relevant and as successful as it can be. Yeah. And with that, (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. No, and with that, I think we're going to be in for some really fun episodes and really fun content because these guys know what to bring.
0: Yeah, I think, I think there's going to be a lot of fan favorite like side characters that aren't going to make it. Um, you know, like there's gonna we're gonna have like the the Clegane Bowl, and you yeah, know, he's he's gonna beat his brother, but he's also gonna die or something. And then there's gonna be I could see someone like Braun making it out alive because he's always been, you know, a sneaky little bastard. <laughs> um, I I could see Tyrion surviving.
1: I think Tyrion is gonna die. I think he's going to be one of the first people to die. Hot take. In, in like, the second episode. Man, that would be a bummer. (laughs) I know, but but he... But this was... Okay, in many ways, this show succeeds because it's an ensemble cast. There's so many lovable characters that everybody can get behind and love. But without argument, Peter Dinklage has given the performance and, you know, and showcase of a lifetime in a role where he is subverting all the expectations that what we know about dwarves in fucking cinema, and fucking, and especially in fantasy, and making it into something that is going to live on forever and ever. Everybody else is good in that show because, you know, they're great actors and actresses. They look beautiful. They're magnificent. And they're also very good at being dramatic in those roles. But in a way that, you know, uh, I don't know, this guy, you know, despite his, you know, Not despite with whatever he's doing, like it's just amazing, and I think that you know he's the main character in a lot of ways for me, and he's the guy I look forward to the most. And I think that, like Han Solo, you give Han Solo an honorable exit in a way that makes his that moves along the plot and moves along the story, just like Mm -hmm. we've seen everybody else go. Even though he's a great player,
0: he's important to so many people. Though, like you're right, like if he died that gives um reason for Jamie and for Jon and for Daenerys like he's important to all of them and like that would give them purpose right D- to to fight on his fight um yeah, i just think he's he's the heart yeah. he's the iron man he is
1: the iron man of game of thrones
0: right which is why like yeah maybe he does not make it out of, I, I don't know if he goes out in the beginning That's, I think he,
1: i think he goes that right in the fucking beginning <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're going to be like 10 minutes you're, in. You've you become so cynical. <laughs> you're like, well, everybody's going to die in the first episode and there's going to be nobody to fight.
1: <laughs> well, like, you just have to... I think if you go into this show where you're going to be really upset if the characters die, you're setting yourself up for failure. I, like, revel in, like, when they make it out, but also, like, the whole end of the sequence where it's Tyrion and Sansa and they're running out of King's Landing after Joffrey's been killed and they're trying to escape... Like, that's a fucking intense and amazing sequence. And it, it, it's such a fun, ex- it, it, when Arya, you know, goes back to, uh, you know, where her brother was killed, and, you know, going back into that whole castle area. I don't know, man. I like, those, I like that part of Game of Thrones, and I, I go in with the expectation that anybody I like could die at any minute, yeah. and, and that's just it. And that if that's going to be okay, it's happening for a reason because something good is about to come of it it'll it'll be made up for. It'll be avenged. It'll be avenged. And it will be. And that and that's all you got to do.
0: avenge the fallen.
1: <laughs> avenge him. Get out there. Uh um, yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. When it's yeah, over yeah. when it's over, this is I, I mean when it's all said and done, it'll be really tough to really sit back and and look back on it for what it was because it it changed television, it changed how we view, you know, it changed fantasy. Uh, stories, it changed fantasy. Uh, and I think it's going to be a, a real big stepping stone for these actors and actresses to yeah. go on and have some really fun and, and fantastic, cool careers. And, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I'm excited to cover it, dude.
0: I, I'm really excited. I think we'll, you know, we'll do our deep dive every week. Um, we're going to try our damnedest. Um, the other thing is, like, I don't. I'm not ready for a prequel yet. I need them to take some time. I think. If, oh, if,
1: you? I, I don't know. I think we're gonna want to go back. I think this is like a Star Wars in that. Yeah. You're you're gonna in in the way that content is going is shifting, man. Like, it's just it's just reality that we're gonna be streaming and and watching TV shows probably more so than we're going to see movies because you're not wrong. You know. So I think that they're getting they're setting us up to be trained for that kind of content consumption. Uh, Yeah. And to go back into a cool prequel world where we're going to see, I guess, uh, you know, the the, the other stories that they have there to play with. It gives them a lot of freedom. They're not tied like Tolkien and like the Amazon show is to canon. So it's Mm -hmm. not like there is some. There's thousands and thousands of pages of dorks, you know. No, there is though. Like George then, R. R Martin
0: has like so much
1: yeah, stuff, but like he's written he, all these books that But he doesn't have a he doesn't have a He has yeah. he has this book and he has a, I think a few others about like the history, but they're not in any way as detailed or as canonical and as and and fleshed out with other languages like fucking Tolkien. He's so,
0: getting there. He really is. Like I I got the um forget what it's called like fire and blood or something it came out last year and it's got a lot of that and there's just supposed to be a second one that it's Hello so Jesus. i don't know it's okay. getting there but but you're right like it, they, this show isn't um as beholden to the canon like they're definitely making their own way in in a way like that they, they've taken liberties from the books where like lord of the rings is very much closer to the books um and, and you have but the thing in, is i'm yeah. nervous about with prequels is like for every um better call Saul to your breaking bed you get your fear the walking dead to the walking dead and like your yeah you know, it's like sons of anarchy Mayans like stuff like this where it's like why are we going back like I, I almost wish that they would have started the prequel show already and that way it's like okay you get both kind of going along the same side and that like because i don't want to you know have another show starting like the fall or maybe next year and it's like well tell us oh why, no this why, show, why this show is a
1: year 18 months out i think right it's that's yeah. they're they're not even started yet yeah um you know i think hbo is going to be it's doing a big rebrand right now a lot of their big shows are leaving and uh you know they're going to go on veep is going to end you know game of thrones is going to end uh you know crashing is over You know, they're about to do Watchmen, which is going to be fucking tight as fuck. And I think that would be something that I'd be very down to cover on this podcast. But I think something I just want to spend five minutes doing uh, before we ultimately wrap this up here, we're going to be having on the next part of this episode, we're going to be having a special guest, um, one of my friends, Ellie Schwartz, from back in the college age days. And we're going to be talking about the new Jordan Peele movie, Up. Uh, excuse Us. me, Us. I knew <laughs> Very I was different than that. Up. <laughs> I was, I knew I was going to do that. Uh, so yeah, everyone has been messing it up. So Us is this. I saw it last night. It's fucking fantastic, dude. Um, I know that you don't like scary movies, but I think this is is just. It's really amazing, and I cannot, I cannot wait to watch the Twilight Zone that he's going to start to do. I think that is going to be absolutely fucking phenomenal, and I think he has a great brain for that. Uh, That I'm down for. Yeah. I'm so down for that. So, yeah, I I loved it, dude. It's great. Um, It's a real horror movie, and we're going to get into it uh, just later on, so stay tuned. And then lastly, uh, this is a personal shameless plug, I booked (laughs) my first ever comedy gig where people put me on like a thingy and I'm going to be there on purpose uh on april 13th at duplex in christopher street in new york city so uh, if you're around it's a saturday night you can cub you could watch me uh we'll put a link in the show notes and you know on our website if you want to get tickets uh but it would be great you can come down and say hello i've been doing like this comedy music for a while it's my first ever gig and it's in new york fucking city i'm very excited uh so please come on down and see
0: so, like let me ask you, so I know you 've been doing the open mics and we yeah went yeah, to, to one of your shows recently where you've been uh doing your your sh- your uh, my stick. Your music your yeah. stick. but is this is this more of like a stand up or are you doing it with with the music too
1: no, i'm doing just my music man like awesome, I think awesome. I think you know uh I like to be able to hit both open mics. I think it's like double uh, performance time experience points. Yeah. Uh, And I have really enjoyed just like writing these songs. It's been fun to kind of, you know, not take myself so seriously and write stuff that makes me laugh and a few other people too. So yeah, I, I'm really excited. So
0: you're basically, you're doing a set of of all of all the stuff that you've written so far is just like bits and pieces. You're probably,
1: well, probably not bits and pieces. I'm, I, no, so, I mean because
0: because otherwise at like the open mics like okay you can do like two songs here you kind of do your 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 catalog and you know, do like yes the so, lead up and full full thing.
1: You're totally right. So what happened? I'll just to get explain this very quickly. Last Monday I went up to go do a new open uh, an open mic and do new songs. It's at the open mic at FM in Jersey City. It's a very good open mic. There are tons of people who go there. Shout out to you if you're there, Patrick, the bartender. He's my friend and the man. Uh, anyway, I went up and I did a new song about being bald and it, and it bombed like nothing has ever bombed before. <laughs> I brought my Les Paul to play it, so I bombed on my awesome like expensive guitar in front of all these like, other people who are totally judging me for it. Okay, no problem. So like, I shake that off and the cool thing about going to open mics is usually there's something, you know if you're in the early part of the week, you can go the next night and kind of go make it up. And I went to Corkscrew Tavern, which is uh, up in the Heights in Jersey City, very cool place. I had a burger. Bar staff was very cool, and then I went to Nick, the main guy who runs it, Nick Siavada, and I went to him and I'm like, "Hey, man, like, you know, what's like the time limit here?" And he's like, "Oh, you can do like 15 minutes." And I'm like, "I'm gonna do like my full set of songs, which is about seven songs right now, um, and I'm just gonna run through them as fast as I can, and we're just gonna do that." And he's like, "Have fun. That's great. No problem." So I went up, and I pretty much did these songs that I've been practicing that a few people have heard and. Uh, they're on a Dropbox thing, but I'm working on something to maybe make them a- more available sometime soon. Uh, but yeah, I just ran through them, and it was fucking awesome, and I built up my energy, and I built up steam. I have them arranged in a way that it builds momentum, and by the end, the bar guys were having a really good time, and they were digging it, and it was good. And then I, the two nights later, I went. I did a very similar thing for a friend who had an open mic in Jersey City, and the guy picked me from there. One of the other comedians, Sib, awesome, a really super dude. So yeah, I'm really excited, as you can tell, uh, you know, and I, I can't wait. I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be fun, and I'm gonna do as you know, uh, probably. Six of my songs. I'm probably not going to play uh, all seven of them, so that I have always one put away because one of them is really about the cold weather, and I can't really play it anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, well, fair enough. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. Ch- check out AJ April thirteenth, um, nine thirty. Right.
1: Uh, yes, nine thirty, Christmas tree. Awesome,
0: great. Um, So, awesome. So, yeah, like you mentioned, we're going to have a spoiler-filled chat on us here in a minute, but uh, we'll we'll do our... Our outro uh, now, so you know everybody. Please like and subscribe if you haven't already uh, to Long us Heroes podcast. We are on Apple iTunes, uh, which you may already be listening to. Spotify, uh, Google Play, uh, all the different platforms. Like, please get get us out there. We, we really appreciate. Like, our subscribers are going up. We are so so thankful for everyone that keeps listening. We yeah people all over the place
1: right <laughs> yes there are people who are listening shout out to the people listening all around the world in ireland and indonesia and australia and india and canada and all over the u.s thank you so much for tuning in you know we'd love to hear from you guys uh you know we're available at llh podcast facebook instagram and twitter uh as always you can email us info at long dot net yeah um, i'd love to
0: have some sort of like Mailbag. Like, I think we'll start. A, I think we'll start a group soon. We'll start like a Facebook group. That's a that's a good idea. And, and then we'd love to hear from you because you know we can read out your questions on on the air. and We can have conversations around it. Like, I, I think a lot of the podcast stylists and to have some sort of segment, maybe not every week, but oh, that we can kind of rotate in and out. And, oh, you know, shout out to, to Mike Held.
1: Mike Held actually emailed yeah. me this week, and he was talking with me. There is a cast of. Did you see this? There is a cast of middle schoolers who did Alien for their school play. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and they had, like, a xenomorph that, like, they, it was, like, super awesome. Dude, shout out to those little kids and that theater director. Like, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, and it didn't Sigourney Weaver comment on it or something, too, even? Oh, my God. She came out and said, like, something about it. So that's awesome that she she heard about that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yes. Mike Held, thanks for listening. I know you've been... Uh... Catching up on our on our episodes as as you watch some of the movies and things that we we talk about. So you know if you've got something that you want to talk about, feel free to reach out to. I one mean, of you us could be we'll, we'll...
1: if you're like if you want to communicate with us, you'll just become like another character, like how Danny is like another character on the podcast. <laughs> yes, we, we've got a <laughs> rotating cast. <laughs>
0: Which, you know, we may even need to lean on some of you guys pretty soon because if we're going to cover Game of Thrones every week, we're going to be busy. Holy
1: shit. Holy shit. So,
0: um, yeah, stay tuned for us, Shazam in a couple weeks, Game of Thrones, Avengers Endgame, all those episodes will be dropping and you know where to find us. So, um, anything else, AJ?
1: No, man. What a great Saturday. Party on, Frank.
0: Party on. Thanks, everybody.
1: Take care. Hey everybody, so joining us for the uh, spoiler discussion of Us is my good friend Ellie Schwartz. Hello Ellie, thanks for coming on. Hey AJ, thanks for having me. Okay, awesome. So you are a horror movie and all things kind of scary, spooky interest, correct?
2: Uh, Fanatic is closer to it. <laughs> okay. Just getting very in the weeds. Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: Um. So... Yeah, I I dug this movie. I didn't really want to talk about it with you know anybody who hadn't seen it, and I really wanted to talk to somebody who had stronger feelings about it. On that's what I saw from you on Twitter that you like totally dug this movie, and you like you saw it again. So I, I I feel like this is going to be a great time to get into the discussion here because this movie I feel like is made to be talked about. Um, uh, I, uh, so this is Jordan Peele's second movie. I loved the Key and Peele show and. He's like doing this new uh, genre of horror movies now. He did Get Out before. He won the Oscar. And now this is his follow up piece with Lupita Nyongo. And it's just, uh, I I, I loved it. I saw it last night. So um, we're going to get into like deep spoilers and crazy philosophical discussions about what this means. And uh, I I just want to like kind of, you know, I guess we should give the people a few minutes. No, screw them. Uh, Okay. What did you think of the ending? (laughs)
2: Okay, I thought, uh, just from an aesthetic perspective, it was a beautiful shot, and yeah. I love the music. Um, I also appreciated that as they drove away in the ambulance, that the ambulance had 1111 yeah in it as its serial number. I thought that was cute. Um, so the ending itself, I... Hmm... I was very interested in the relationship between Adelaide and her son Jason because it becomes apparent at the end that Jason either intuitively gets that she yeah. is one of the tethered. Yeah or, or possibly he heard it while he was in the locker. I don't know, that's not made super clear in the movie, so yeah. I'm not
1: sure. Okay, but like, let's let's dig into that a little bit more though. So the at the end of the movie, uh, it, you know, there is this kind of flashback secondary twist. So, right. So I got it. Like, what I mean? Okay. I guess this movie could have had like the the. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I I don't I think you do kind of need this, and I'm like cool with it. Like, are you cool with it? Do you think it needs to be ambiguous? Do you think that it that it's better off if we don't know or have that scene and people go back and rewatch the movie hundreds of times to try to figure out if, in fact, that this is the way that the movie is supposed to have ended? Or do you feel like having a button on it, like, I guess this does, well, I guess that's unfair to say. But, like, what do you think?
2: I don't necessarily think it needs a button because that secondary twist, while, I mean, I felt from the first scene i was like oh um, obviously they switched but the the two people that i saw it with both times didn't um,
1: yeah i didn't i didn't go in with that i i really didn't i didn't catch on to that until the end so like when it kind of came around for me i was like holy shit <laughs> it
2: um it, it and so it supports multiple viewings because it digs into Adelaide or the new Adelaide's sort of psychological state.
1: Sure.
2: And, um, so I thought this was really interesting, both culturally and personally, we tend to, uh, block off and repress, uh, shitty things that we do. Um, to succeed in life or to overcome and to get where we want to be. And that twist um, sort of casts a new light on Adelaide's character because as she gets closer and she says that she feels her twin coming closer, that um, what it's really saying is she's being oh. forced to face her own actions. Okay, yeah, I like that one. That one's good. Yeah, and also, and, and culturally, it's the same thing. Um, on a broader perspective, you have all the tethered who sort of represent the um, forgotten class of people, the people I think of, the homeless people living in our subways, yeah. um, people who we pretend are not there, mm-hmm. and... Culturally, and, and that's where, okay. <laughs> no, yeah, you're.
1: I got, I got it. Keep going, keep going. Yeah, you're this great. all
2: connects. So the Hands Across America thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when it happened in 86, obviously it was a huge event, made a lot of money, but it was a very performative thing. It was very like white people right. doing a performative act, but still leaving the people who it was supposed to benefit in the dark. Yeah. They didn't you know? give
1: very much of the funds that they raised at all. They paid mostly for the cost to put it on.
2: Exactly. And so there's, uh, it was interesting that that was the, uh, the cultural touchstone. I mean, obviously it was one of the last things that she saw. Sure. Uh, but I, it's interesting that while the real Hands Across America was somewhat poorly organized. Um, when the Tether did it, it was perfectly
1: organized. Yeah, they, they actually succeeded in a lot of their Yeah, ways. and
2: it speaks to um, a sort of a forgotten class of people being able to organize and do these things. It reminds me of sort of the political climate today, the resistance, as it were, um, yeah. because of the need for it you do what you have to do. And so their organization is incredible. And I, I noticed, it. I didn't notice this until the second time, but when Jason first sees the hobo on the yes. beach mm-hmm. and the blood stripping off his hand, it totally did not click for me that he had assumed his position for Hands Across America. Yeah, that. he's
1: yeah, he's already there and ready, man. He's right. Re-
2: exactly. <laughs> he was like ahead of schedule.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> who, who even knew that these zombie tethered people would be so punctual? You know that it's great that they have that basic fundamental, uh, you know, quality about them. All right, so, yeah. <sighs> um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, okay, so the Peta Nyango, I think, kills it. I think she's so scary.
2: I uh, think that if she is not nominated for an Oscar, I'm going to throw myself out of a uh,
1: Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, but that image of like red, like it, like in the um in the chair in your theater, did people react when she spoke the first time?
2: Yeah, <laughs> they they laughed.
1: Oh my god! My theater yesterday when she spoke, like the first word when she sits down, and she starts like "Once upon a time," people were like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and it was, like people were afraid, like I was like, "That is a that's haunting." Like. For me this is a, a lot about like the human condition that like there's such a duality, you know, there's a lot of duality in this movie. That's a lot what the wisecrack guys talk about. But what they've it, there's so much duality in this in that, you know, the uh, the one everyone is one to one and everyone has a reverse inverse, you know, tethered person mm-hmm. somewhere out there. Uh and it just it, it that is also prescient, you know, of our times and, like, who we are as just general people, um, you know, it's, the, it's also interesting to me that uh, this is... I don't know. I love, the, I love the twist. I love a good breakdown in exposition. Like, that's oh. kind of my favorite thing. Like, I love that- it when a good movie has like, that's what I was kind of expecting in Last Jedi, that there was going to be like a good meaty chunk of exposition where right. we're going to explain what's kind of going on and we're going to go forward together. Everyone's going to be great with it. And like movies are starting to skip that now. And what is good about this is they kind of nailed it. And like it was the perfect amount, a, uh, it really delivers you to the conclusion of what is this reality and to me, like, that is just such an awesome thing to see. And I, I, I love that. That's so awesome. Uh, okay. I, I loved. I think this movie really just takes a hard turn when the family shows up. I think it, it's a, it feels episodic in kind of a way, you know, but it's also kind of like all in one night um, as a horror fanatic. Uh, what do you feel about like kind of doing like it this way as opposed to some of the other kind of slasher movies where there's a longer buildup or a longer timeline? how do you feel about it all being in one night?
2: Oh I thought this was perfect It didn't feel condensed. It felt like everything sort of happened in a, the perfect length you know home invasions yeah after the initial sort of scare of there's someone in my house. There's only so many places you can go in your house. and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, I find that to be a bit overwrought. So the fact that they didn't sort of confine it, they started it as a home invasion, and then they have this great, really well-done exposition dump Yeah, that in another movie would feel sort of out of place and like they stop the movie, but it ties in so well with Lupita Nyong'o's performance yeah. that it just works. And then taking it outside of the house and to the neighbor's house, I thought was a really great choice. Totally because, changed the movie. Yeah. It makes it, it broadens the scope, you know, to an initial point where the audience can take in, okay, this is happening in other places, and then it widens to, oh, my God, this is happening everywhere. And it takes it away from the one location,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which I think is great. And there, there's that whole, when uh, the the father kills his tethered, it's a, that whole scene was very Hitchcockian. Sure. Um, yeah, it was and, excellent. It was so good. And honestly, seeing Tim Heidecker do a, a quasi-serious role or be in a movie that's not, you know, sort of a observational cringe comedy <laughs> was, uh, was really delightful because I, I enjoy him a lot. And um, I think that the way it sort of broadens feels natural. At no point was I thinking this feels off. Sure. You know, um, as for Lupita Nyong'o's performance, you know, I want to go back to saying that she deserves an Oscar in the <laughs> way that I felt that Tony Collette deserved an Oscar for Hereditary. Sure. Still not over it. Um, uh, <laughs> The awards circuit does not recognize horror. And that's an exciting thing about Jordan Peele is that he's bringing horror to the masses in a way that sort of the upper echelons, the gatekeepers, if you will, are taking notice. Mm-hmm. With him winning the Oscar, that puts an unnecessary but unfortunately necessary sort of seal of approval.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, yeah. okay, well, you're allowed... Into the club.
1: Yeah, I think it's also interesting the way that we've changed how horror movies are released and how they're made and how they're budgeted for. And I, my only hope is that movies kind of embrace weirdness, embrace the kind of the strength to take the choices that this movie does. It's uh, it, it's super gory, it's super bloody. Uh, oh. The kills are are really intense <laughs> and
2: gratuitous.
1: Yeah. And, he
2: does not shy away. Yeah. There were some people saying that wasn't horror. That was absolutely horror.
1: Oh, my God. And the, uh, the whole – I think the whole scene was super cool in his friend's house because, you know, people are saying what it is is the – even though, you know, they, everyone loses power, the white family still has power when the gener- – like, literally. Right. So, like, that's why the lights are on when they all get murdered. Uh, so like it was super. Uh, I I loved the execution of that. I loved the Elizabeth Moss, uh, cameo and like the, how her tethered had like all the marks on her face from all the different stuff and
2: I it was great. Trying it, to give herself a facelift.
1: Oh my god, this is nuts. Uh, and and she really like everyone kind of really commits, which is kind of fun. That it's
2: they uh, were a hundred percent in.
1: Yeah, and and down. Um, okay, we gotta talk about. Um, what's the dude's name? The, the, uh,
2: oh, the dad.
1: Yeah. What was his name? M'Baku.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I have literally no memory of what his name is. Oh shit. At this very moment. Oh man. (laughs) But he's great because he provides a certain level of levity that is really needed. Yes. And he doesn't overdo it. But like that scene with him getting into bed and like (laughs) the way he positions himself was hysterical i loved it he's so funny
1: and then his scene when he comes out against the other family and he's talking with them that was that was fantastic Uh, his scenes on the boat the boat was great
2: you know there was there was a level there that i loved like with the boat specifically Because if we're talking about the haves and have-nots, the tethered being the have-nots and the people above us being the haves, there's still this element of wanting something more. Go ahead. You know? Yes. uh, The dad, Gabe, which I'm seeing now on IMDb, still wants a boat like his friends. It's still not quite as nice. Um, the house is not quite as nice. He takes his car because it's an advantage. <laughs> um, it's still always trying to get to the next level, but also at the same time, there's, I, there was an interesting struggle, um, between wanting to be a sort of on the same level as this, uh, upper class white family. And also, um, Wanting to connect with the, his black identity, I think. Sure. Because uh, you know he's wearing the Howard sweatshirt, and when he comes outside, his his voice changes a little bit. Yeah, yeah he's. Uh, you know. He's. he's and so. It up. Yeah, so it's. Uh, I think he's sort of stuck between. Yep. And that's representative of sort of the pull of both sides in this movie. So, like, all right, us. Um, uh,
1: I loved. I loved the art direction. I thought like it's shot. It's shot really cool. Like it. Like mm. all the colors kind of stand out. Uh, on the second viewing, did you like notice more things that are red? Is there like some kind of trick about what is blue and then becomes
2: red? Not so much. I think I was really focused on um, like. The shots themselves. Sure. There's shadows everywhere. There are little things like in the very first shot when she's watching the commercial in her living room. There's a copy of uh, Chud, yeah. a VHS tape of Chud, which is like so such a clue right from the beginning. Um, and it was sort of a treat to sit back and watch their performances the second time. Cool when I was not reacting to what was happening.
1: Yeah, you're just in it.
2: Yeah, exactly. And um, also to try to catch on to some of the details that I just did not get the first time, like plot-wise. Like, hearing um, Lupita Nyong'o's speech, the second one, when they're down in the classroom. Sure. I was listening to that because I felt the first time that there were a lot of holes in that speech. Um, but the second time I wondered if maybe Red had been underground for so long and had gone crazy enough that she's not even totally sure.
1: Yeah, I don't think that they, I don't think, okay. So here's kind of my crazy take on it. I think that they they share memories. like it's mm-hmm. Like if they're like connected via souls and like they have different experiences, like, they both remember the dance. So, to me, like, it can kind of go either way, you know, because there's one reality where, like, she's just down there for a minute, and then there's another reality where she's she really was swapped. Um, but then she's the only one of them who speak, and that, I think, to, to all of us is the biggest clue.
2: Right. That's exactly right. Uh, yeah. yeah. And she learns the language of all of them. That was something that... Was it really fun the second time? Was hearing her specifically communicate
1: oh, with the other with the other Teller's people?
2: Yeah, with each family member because it was it was a different voice and a different way of communicating with each one of them. Sure. So it sort of indicated that, you know, even though they are, I wouldn't call them soulless, even though that's what she called them, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that they are all unique as well. Yes. Yes. And I thought that was great.
1: Well, they, well, they, I don't know, they kind of have to be. I, I liked, I, I thought that the whole cloning idea
2: was really fun. Um, I would be so upset yeah. if it actually happened and my tax dollars were going to people being cloned.
1: Yeah, and it's just like, oh my oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Um, uh, oh, and they're just out there someplace with a whole bunch of scissors. Running around.
2: I want to know how they got all the jumpsuits. I want to know how they got all the scissors. This is my burning question.
1: Oh yeah, but you know you got Amazon Prime. You know <laughs> that's right. And and like I'm, and you know if you order it to you know the different little I guess maybe one of the ways that they do it like what, the first crazy thing that I thought when I was watching it uh, was that the. Uh, the little like the fun house right it's not connected to the boardwalk right it's like kind of off the boardwalk everywhere else that you went like there was a ticket price that was there so like this is so like to me i thought it was going to be like human trafficking i thought we were like going for like some weird like true detective offshoot kind of weirdness but then when you go down that crazy fucking escalator
2: uh portal
1: yeah and it just felt so otherworldly but and then all the rabbits are just fucking loose just running around these crazy rabbits um, yeah. did do they and they didn't have like ovens for the rabbits they're just eating raw rabbit right
2: exactly and the rabbits definitely are representative of how you leave something down there and you forget about it it's going to multiply oh shit I didn't think you know, about that okay that's a good one especially because you know whether they say oh they're fucking like rabbits because rabbits multiply so rapidly
1: right yeah that's you know, a good one
2: that's that a- was a little thing in the favorite too uh-huh. which i loved <laughs> <laughs> uh i haven't
1: i haven't gotten to that one yet i love the lobster i have to i've been waiting to watch it oh. with Shano. it's gonna be cool I, I i'm definitely down um yeah i i don't know i
2: what else um Oh, you know, I love the um, at the beginning where they're talking about unused tunnels, unused subway stations, all this kind of stuff. Because even though in the end we see that it's all sort of been built or arranged for the tethered. Yeah. Um, the uh, quote at the beginning that says, you know, they have no no news." is actually true because there are forgotten subway stations and there are forgotten tunnels and they're all over the United States
1: totally there's tons of there's tons of uh, all over the Midwest and actually the southwest area and the and the plains there's just huge old tunnels that had nuclear missiles in them and now old dudes are buying them and converting them into like you know post-apocalyptic bunkers oh my god it's it's nuts and there's whole complexes, you know, out west where people, you know, want to be, you know. It, that's it, I don't know. There's some there's something to about that. There's something about kind of the underground of society that we don't see that I think is really, you know, big here. It's definitely at play. I also think that there's something to the us and the us, you know, like that it's uh, you know, us
2: in the USA, United States, uh, it's definitely right. got to be something. Um, oh, undoubtedly. It, I mean, it, it was titled very intentionally.
1: Oh, totally. It's a really well-thought-out um, encapsulated universe. It, it feels fun. I, you know, it's it's awesome that he had these two back-to-back movies. I, I don't think you can compare them. You know, I think that they are two so... They're so different, and they, they play... So, Get Out is so much is so funny and it's it's small. This is is it gets so big and it and it it takes on so much. I think this is like an epic in and onto itself. What do you like? What is your like dream Jordan Peele movie? Well, who would you cast? So who, who would you cast? Like who is like the who is some well, awesome person that like could totally kill this because. I, I don't know. I think he's got. I want to see. I just want to see the next movie. I don't care. Like,
2: me too. Like I, I want to see what Jordan Peele does with a supernatural movie. Sure. That would be really fun for me, just because I really love. I really love the supernatural. <laughs> Of genre I would also love to see him take on a Stephen King adaptation since, you know, those adaptations are experiencing a renaissance right now. Like I'm thinking, um, you know, a new take on Salem's Lot. That'd be cool. Would yeah. be really interesting. You know, we have Pet Cemetery coming out next week, which I can't wait for. Um, who would I cast? Well, you know, I'm sure you saw the article the other day where yeah, he, I, Jordan Peele said he was only going to cast black actors, which absolutely. I mean, he's he, there's who who cares?
1: Like, uh, so like I, I
2: just want to see the movie, <laughs> like
1: yeah, exactly. Like like I whatever his rules are 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 fine by me. There's, eno- oh, yeah. there's enough. There's enough. There's enough white guys out there. I get it. You know
2: Fuck. who I want to see in a Jordan Peele movie? Yeah, I want to see Sterling K. Brown. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I would love.
1: Did you to... see Hotel Artemis? No. He was so good at this movie. <laughs> he's great. It has uh, him and Jodie Foster and Jeff Goldblum shows up. It's a great movie. It's a oh, good. Li- it's a. It's yeah. a good little treat.
2: <laughs> I'll check it out.
1: Um, yeah, he's great. Uh, oh man, I-, I would love to see uh, John Boyega. I want to see uh, like Jordan oh, Peele God. do like some kind of crazy. You know. Go, go further into the sci-fi. I also can't wait to see Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone comes out soon, right?
2: It comes out on Monday. Oh, my
1: God. And then, is it going to be on TV or is it going to be on CBS All Access and I have to reactivate my account?
2: So I'm going to be on CBS All Access. If you never subscribed, I'm subscribing just to watch the Twilight Zone. Okay. Because I su- yeah, go ahead. That casting. Yeah. You know, John Cho... Kumail Nanjiani, Adam Scott, my little favorite, Jacob Tremblay, who yeah. will always be the apple of my eye. He's so freaking cute. Um, I just, I can't believe what, sort of the cast he's pulled together for it. And the first reviews for it are very promising. I think it's going to be
1: fantastic. I think he uh, he's um, he's digging into something kind of cool. He saw, like, there was... There isn't this kind of stuff that is really challenging. (laughs) Like this movie is, uh, this movie is a watch. Like it's two hours long. It you feel every beat of it, and like I don't know. I think people want to be challenged again in their in their media. I think for a while we've been really kind of good on the popcorn, and this has been. I don't know I think he's doing something really cool and original I'm, I'm, I'm down I will have to reactivate I tried to get that for that Star Trek show but I didn't get hooked into it and then they didn't all like I didn't know when the episodes would come out and I just was like this is extra another extra subscription
2: exactly we're all gonna end up paying for as much as we would have paid for cable with what? all this
1: yeah would you get Disney plus I'm, I'm debating this
2: Ugh, you know, it almost feels like I'll have to.
1: Yeah, right? We're going to have to.
2: Because Disney, you know, de facto owns everything. Yep. And if it doesn't now, it will. Yeah. Which is concerning.
1: Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not great. But it's, it's
2: not great. I mean, Disney could be a self-sufficient economy, I think. Like, if they started a Disney country.
1: yeah. I'm sure there would be people who would sign up to move there tomorrow too.
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely! And you know what? It would be the whitest place on. <laughs> it would be so fucking white. But
1: super. But you know, that that's the beauty of being in New York. It's the complete opposite of that. They didn't disnify this shit. It's really, it's it's still here, man. Uh, okay, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you taking the time to hop on and talk about this movie. Do you have any
2: final thoughts? <laughs> You know, I would say to anyone who walked out of there thinking that it was stupid and did not answer any questions, please go see it again. You know? Sure, yeah. Sit, go to a movie theater that has recliners in it if that's what you need and really put your mind to work because in this age of just constant junk food news and, and hot takes... Actually having to chew on something, especially in a genre that people expect to just sort of hand-deliver the scares, um, is so different and such a wonderful opportunity that I would really encourage people to give this multiple viewings. Because I I think it will last in that respect. Oh, it's a classic. (laughs) It's a classic. Completely. I think you know and John Squire's from Bloody disgusting said this and I completely agree with him that I think it is a masterpiece.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It absolutely is. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, I I loved it too. I think you guys should go out and see it cuz if you I well if you if you saw it go see it again. I'm going to go see it again. I'm going to take Shayna. I think she would like it. Um Heck
2: yeah.
1: yeah, it's I it's, it's my
2: brother to go see it. He yeah. has the attention span of i don't know
1: i made Shayna watch hill house and she was like ah but let's watch another one <laughs> like it was crazy oh,
2: it's so good uh, don't get me started on hill house i the yeah. the book or the show because i will go on forever yeah
1: it's great okay so ellie uh thanks for coming on the podcast it was awesome uh people can find you uh on twitter um and it's a fucking great twitter account that you have uh and yeah please go and and follow her we'll add her uh tag to the show notes uh yeah and tune in for the end of the episode uh
2: coming soon take care thanks aj thanks for having me on awesome